Hi, this is Devana from Witches Tea Flint, and I want to welcome you to episode three of Spilling the Tea. And you are one step closer to brewing that perfect cup of tea. Maybe you aren't a huge fan of tea because the taste just wasn't your thing. There's a lot of reasons for that, and we're gonna talk about that today, as well as tea lights and their history, tea towels, teaspoons, and why Please, please, please stop microwaving your tea. I'm begging you, please stop. We're gonna get into all of that today in our short little spilling the tea talk. We'll also dive into what is so witchy about teas. I've actually been asked that. The organization is Witches Tea Flint. So I thought that people would make the correlation that we would also talk about tea, but it kind of went over people's heads. So we're gonna get into all of that too. There's a lot of odd misconceptions about this whole podcast and why a witchy Facebook page is doing podcasts about tea as if tea isn't somehow witchy enough to discuss. It's really weird. It's still blowing my mind here. You're in for an interesting journey this week, so let's get started. So there's wine drinkers and then there's those who hate wine. Sometimes it's as simple as finding the right wine for your tastes. I'm not a fan of Merlot, but you give me a little bit of mulling spice in there and I can actually tolerate it. Now, maybe that's not the case for you. Maybe your thing is, I hate Moscato. I happen to love Moscato when I could drink. I don't drink anymore and haven't for quite a few years, but that's a different story for a whole nother day. I mean, but at one point I couldn't get enough of Leelana Cellars Witch's Brew. Oh, that stuff is amazing. All the spices in it and the red wine and it's witchy and it's perfect and you can get it at grocery stores and it's cheap. Love this stuff, but can't drink it anymore. Thank you, liver. Now my life is all about tea. And I mentioned the wine correlation because it's easy to kind of put those two together. Some Moscato drinkers wouldn't even consider Merlot. Some Merlot drinkers would be like, ew, fruity, tooty, gross, bleh. Unlike wine though, a tea can be improved in a couple of different ways. You can adjust your brewing time. You can add things like milk or add different types of sweeteners. There's a lot of different ways that you can improve tea, but there's a really easy way so that the tea isn't gross at all. I had really hoped that I would love Darjeeling. When I went to go see my guru in Ann Arbor, that's one of the next teas that they wanted me to try. And I thought, well, it's coming from someone that I trust and love. Of course it couldn't be a bad tea. Oh my God, it was awful. This Darjeeling was the worst thing I've ever tasted before in my life. And I was so excited about it because Darjeeling is supposed to be the champagne of tea. So I'm looking for this like bubbly and fruity and fun experience, and it was the worst thing I've ever tasted. I have never poured anything out so quickly in my life. It was so bad, I wouldn't even use it to water my plants. I figured out from my tea master, Shana Zhang, what I did wrong though with the Darjeeling. The first mistake was, I have a coffee pot, but my coffee pot is not used for coffee because I'm not a coffee drinker. I don't like coffee. What I use my coffee pot for is to heat up water so I can make tea. So what had happened was I put the tea in a filter, just like you were gonna do for coffee, and I let the water run through it. Well, that didn't exactly give it enough of a brew time or give it enough time to heat up. So first problem, what I could have done, what would have probably made it better was taken that water 
from the first run of the tea and ran it back through the coffee pot, I may have gotten a better taste. But the problem with just using one of those Keurig pots or doing it like that is that steep time. That steep time gives the tea enough of a chance for the leaves to unfurl. Tea has to have that time, but too much and you end up bleaching the leaves and the leaves look really terrible. It's like with rose petals. Rose petals only need a few minutes because anything longer or too hot of water and your rose petals are going to look like they ran through a bleach cycle. It's a really odd color. Plants are really delicate. When it comes to fresh tea leaves, you can actually leave it in there a lot longer, but the dried out tea leaves, they've already been processed and that processing means you have to take extra special care with it. There's an app that I recommend you download if you're really interested in getting the perfect brew time and temperature and all of those things. Look up Mighty Timer. It actually tells you how to make the perfect cup by using the proper amount of water, the tea measurement, the best water temperature, and a timer that gives you the perfect brew. Tea actually is very much rooted in science and this takes the guesswork out of it. It's like science and witchcraft all blended together whenever you make any cup. It's wonderful. And all good things take time. So the extra effort and time and energy that you put into it is going to make you the most sought after person when it comes to making the perfect cup of tea. The right brew can instill peace and serenity, even if it's something as highly caffeinated as an oolong. And it's easy to create the perfect environment for tea. So what's so witchy about tea? We're always talking about the magical properties and everyday items. Tea is all about that. Not only is it got so many medicinal properties, but there's that magic in there too. If you're using tea for like road opener, using the right tea for that, like say like a bailuchon or any kind of tea that has to unfurl gunpowder green would be a great one for that too. Some of the really tight oolongs. I mean, there's action that is in that. There's an unraveling that's in that. Jasmine pearls would be another really good one for a road opener now that I think about it. The idea of the unfurling. Now, if you're really wanting to get to the root of something, using a really good black tea would help that. If you're wanting to speed things up, add something that's really caffeinated. I mean, we're talking about magical concepts here that you can use for something as easy as tea. Tea is all about magic. There's magic in every single cup. It's like the new moon, full of possibilities. Tea starts off as these shriveled, dried up little leaves. And with your intent and the power of water and a little bit of heat, two elements right there. So the first element's the tea going into the water, which is earth. You have a little bit of heat which is fire. And then you have the water. All you need is a little bit of air. And what happens? You blow on it. Boom! All four elements right there. You're creating something beautiful. Also, the other aspect of air with the tea is the aroma that's coming up and it's your nose that's breathing in the air of the tea. The aroma is inviting and it lingers and creates happy little chemicals all over in your body. Then there's this magical transition in your body that you may not feel it, but it happens. Another concept to consider. Much of what we drink and intake in our body is acidic. And when our body is acidic and the acid balance is disrupted, this invites disease and illness. The magic of tea is that when the tea leaves go into the water and unfurl and do their little magic, whether it turns the water yellow, whether it turns the water green, whether it turns the water different shades of brown, you are creating an alkaline environment. 
Now you've heard that we need to drink more alkaline water to improve our third eye function, that the calcification of our third eye or pineal gland is what causes a lot of us to lose our senses. It causes a lot of other disruption when these glands in our brain get calcified. Creating a more alkaline environment helps that decalcification to happen, which is going to improve your third eye function. So if you are one of those psychic witches, you should definitely be drinking more tea. One cup a day can help restore that balance again. And if you're doing that to improve your third eye, imagine what it does to the rest of your body. I'm telling you, there's magic in every single cup. Now let's go into the brewing process. You know, we talked about tea being the earth element because it has leaves and tea grows from a plant that's touched the earth for thousands of years. The heat that goes into brewing the tea, of course, we have fire, we have the water, which helps the tea fulfill its potential. And then there's the air, which actually helps fire to maintain. You've got to have air for fire to work. And then you have, you know, the blowing of it so that you can cool it down a little bit because some of us get it really hot. And the next thing you know, it's like, whoa, burnt tongue. And then you have, you know, the air, which is our ability to smell the aroma of the tea as it fills the air. You combine the herbs for a specific purpose. I mean, everything about tea is witchy. You also have the intent there. And 90% of our magical workings are because of our intent. It's hard to find a substance that's more witchy than tea. It's magic in its most simplest form. Think of what you want to achieve. Love, prosperity, health. Tea can do all of that. Tea is in every form of magic and every form of magic is in tea. It's a very symbiotic relationship. It's, you know, almost like the infinity sign. One goes into another. There's no beginning and there's no end. Every form of magic can be broken down into manageable pieces with tea. We've talked about the herbs, the elements, the intent. Now let's talk about the candle magic in tea. Tea lights were first used in tea ceremonies as a decoration and a way to keep the tea warm. It's not something that's going to necessarily heat the tea because it's never going to get to that right temperature, but a candle will actually help keep the tea warm. It's also a way to create ambiance. So the tea lights were first used to create ambiance, but then it soon became so much more. Now, if you're really wanting to amp up a magical practice, burn some herbs in the tea light candle. Brew your tea, place your cup on a tea light warmer. The impact of your spell work has just doubled right there. The best part is even the cheap dollar store tea lights have a pretty decent burn time of like three hours or so. And they typically go out on your own. So if you can muster maybe two, three hours of focus, surely you can do the simplest of spell work. Brew some tea, burn a tea light, magic there at our fingertips. Now let's talk about water. Water has memory and water has energy, but you can also introduce more energy into the water by speaking your intentions to the water. When you want to improve your health, speaking healthy thoughts into the water. You've seen that meme. It's Tracy Ellis Ross and she has a cup of water and it has rich bitch juice on there. You can do the same thing to water. It's all about your intention. Tea can do all of that because it naturally has these things in it. You're just adding more to it. It's the simplest of spell work. All you have to do is speak what you're wanting into the tea. So we know that everything has energy. So why would would you not talk to your water? Let me ask you again. So what's so witchy about tea? Everything. 
Tea can also go on your altar. I highly doubt any of your deities or ancestors would complain. Most teas are actually suitable for sharing with pets also. A couple of my cats and dogs beg to share. I have to be careful also which altars get tea because if the altar's within reach, then whew, it's not just Hecate and Ganesh that's going to enjoy the tea, it's the damn cat. So just do your research on the herbs, make sure that they are pet safe if you're brewing the tea. Most are, but I wouldn't be responsible if I didn't include that little disclaimer. Do the little bit of research that it takes. All you have to do is type in the name of the herb and type in safe for cats or type in the name of the herb and safe for dogs and go from there. Most are going to be okay, but there's always that yeah, couple of them where it's like not so much. You just want to be careful. You know, it's funny how everyday parts of our life have been so muggleified that we forget their magical origins. Take teaspoons and tea towels. Teaspoons are what many of us use for cereal or for like Saturday morning cartoons when we were kids. Teaspoons got their name because they were once used to give the perfect measurement of tea. One little spoonful of amazing bliss. Tea towels, that's a whole nother thing we take for granted. Now we just like, yeah, it's a kitchen towel. I need to do that. In the 1700s, a tea towel was used to dry the fine china that was used for tea. The ladies of the house often handled that job because they thought that if anybody else did it, that they would be like broken. And some of the ladies of the house would think about good thoughts while they were drying the china, but just, you know, magic itself, thinking good thoughts. Now they're a staple in every household tossed at a family member saying, I wash, you dry. I had a teacher in high school and that's what she did to have like the big family conversations, you know, and talk about the big important stuff with her daughter was, I'm going to wash, you're going to dry. And you kind of have to stand there and do it the entire time. They had a really good relationship. So I think that there's something to that. In my household, it was, I wash, I dry, I put away. It just never seemed to end. So with all that we've discussed during our short time together, are we getting a good image as to why we should never microwave our water? I mean, if nothing else, we're nuking all the magic, but if there are many other reasons, using the microwave, although convenient, lowers the accuracy of the temperature for the water. You can get hot spots, cold spots, scalding spots. You're heating the water unevenly, and then the leaves are sometimes getting overheated, causes a really funky mixture. It can also make the broom more bitter, so you're losing all of its special nuances. If you'd like to be one of those people with those impeccable palates that can taste the finest hint of nutmeg, probably want to stop using the microwave for your tea and heating any kind of beverage. I did a little research on my own though. Did you know that approximately every minute someone in the U.S. sustains a burn injury serious enough to require medical treatment? There's been about 486,000 burn injuries per year, which ends up being about one burn injury every 65 seconds. And about 85 to 90% of those are from scalding water burns that happen from cooking, drinking, serving hot liquids. And there's an easy way to avoid this. Stop using the microwave to heat your water. If you have a coffee pot, run the water in that. Not trying to be bossy or anything, but we do want to keep you safe and unharmed and be able to enjoy all the things that tea has to offer. So I hope you enjoyed this little talk here. Thank you so much for joining me. It's been a pleasure talking with you about all the little idiosyncrasies, oddities, and fun things about tea that go along with it. Next week, we're going to talk about Assam Banaspati and the new moon. And then the following week, we're going to get into our Maybon blend. Be safe, 
stay healthy, make good choices, take care of one another, and don't forget to visit our website at witchesteaflint.com where you can find our teas and a ton of other magical items. If you like this podcast, stay tuned for more. We have podcasts available on Spreaker as well as Anchor and our YouTube channel. You can also find us on Facebook at Witches Tea Flint. Our friend Jack Mercer also started his own podcast called Wider Circle, so be on the lookout for that. We'll make sure to share it on our Facebook page. Have a great week and we'll talk to you soon.